0: This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. Annie Grace, I hope everyone is doing amazing. I am answering a reader's question. I got this email earlier today, And it was just such a great question that instead of answering it over email, I wanted to make this um, video. And so this is a question. The question is, hey, Annie, now that I know the truth about alcohol, how do I not force it on others that I love who are doing the same thing I was. My husband coming home on a Friday and saying, ah, the work week is over, I'm gonna go sit in my chair and have a few beers, which leads to him passing out by 8 p.m. and then I'm alone. Or my 22-year-old daughter drinking a hard seltzer in her room alone saying, what, I'm just relaxing. They have all the false beliefs I used to have about what alcohol is doing for them, when it's really just harming them, and I see that now. Particularly my ba- daughter who's unmotivated and has depression and anxiety. It's making me crazy. I'm, I'm now counting my husband's beers, and my anxiety level is skyrocketing. Any thoughts would help me out? I so, so respect you and your program. So, first of all, I just want to say this is a phenomenal, phenomenal question. And honestly, just the level of awareness to bring this up and to see that you know and to inquire about it and to see what how this is affecting you and your anxiety just shows a level of self-awareness that i think is amazing we so often and so quickly something bothers us emotionally or we see something and we judge somebody else and we just say oh they need to fix that they need to fix that they need to stop drinking or they need to you know not pass out or they need to do this or they need to do that and yeah sure your mind is saying all those things but you said wait a second stop how can i better do something about this and that shift that shift from judgment and blame and what do they need to do and how can how can they be fixed for me to be happy to this shift to like i how can i do something about this and then even reaching out and emailing me i mean i think it's just phenomenal i i I just celebrate that level of awareness it's amazing i think that level of saying okay, this is for me to solve, inside me, is absolutely brilliant. Um, I'm reminded of a quote by one of my good friends, um, Myron Golden, and he says this. He says, we don't see things as they are. We see things as we are. And that is so true because when I was drinking, I I actually saw people who weren't drinking and had all sorts of judgment for them. I remember saying things like, "Oh, I don't I don't trust you if you don't drink." Or um I remember thinking that it wasn't even worth it to go do something if I couldn't drink. So, if I had to be the designated driver, I remember being like, oh, "I'll just stay home." Or during certain times of my pregnancy when everybody was going out to do something and whether it was like a barbecue at the park and there was going to be lots of drinking or whatever, I would sometimes just opt to stay home and watch tv and i'm a really social person just because i had this belief that it wasn't even fun if i wasn't having a drink so we don't the truth is we don't see things as they really are we see things through the filter which has created us and our perceptions and our beliefs and our assumptions and our conclusions and all those sorts of things and so your filter has changed in a really beautiful way and so also before i really get into the answer I think we should take a moment to just celebrate that. Like, let's celebrate how far your perspective through this Naked Mind methodology, through the program, through so all of that stuff has shifted to the fact where you're not triggered to drink by the people around you, you're just frustrated that they don't see what you see now. And that is so much freedom, although I understand completely how you're now wanting them to change can create you a ton of anxiety. So I was in a very similar situation to this. I think it was probably four or five months after I had stopped drinking, and I remember going to a St. Patrick's Day party with a bunch of friends, and all of a sudden I saw it through a totally different lens because my perspective around alcohol had shifted completely, and my desire for alcohol as a result had shifted completely. And I I say this, but I'll harp on it again and again and again. So many times when people are trying to look at their relationship with alcohol, we say, oh, the behavior change is, is the goal. I just want to stop drinking. The behavior change is the goal. And I will sit here and advocate all day long. I don't believe the behavior change is the goal. I think we have to go beyond the behavior change because there's been so many times where I see people who are not drinking anymore, but they're still miserable about it. They still feel like they're missing out or that they're deprived or they think about it a lot. They feel sorry for themselves. and. For me, that's not freedom. Like, that's not really living. That's not being truly alive. And so I think we need to go beyond the behavior change to actually the way we want to interact with alcohol and what we want, what, what our desire is. So very similar to what you're saying in your uh, written question is I had experienced the mindset shift to where, yeah, I wasn't drinking anymore, but I didn't want to drink anymore. And it went so far as to I didn't think anybody else really should be drinking anymore <laughs> either. I mean, that's just the reality of where I was at that point in my life. I was just really like, why? What? And I didn't understand why they were still doing what they were doing. I had devalued, as we do so often, mindset shifts are phenomenal in the sense that when our mindset shifts our emotion shifts around the issue. So when our emotion shifts around drinking, we just don't want to do it. It's really hard for us to understand why would people want to do this? We, we devalue the mindset shift itself. So we enter this place of like, well, duh, like, why? what are you doing? Like, I don't even understand what you're doing because we've had such a vast shift from where we used to be. So in my story, it was St. Patrick's Day. It was the first time I'd been really social in a really um you know with a bunch of different it was a bunch of different parents and we all had kids around the same age and we went there and it was so boozy and of course it had always been this boozy i just hadn't seen it the same way before because i was under a a different perspective i was coming from where i used to be in my drinking which was basically like the more the better the faster the better and how drunk can i get right and so now i'm coming at this with like why would anybody do this? This is stupid. Like, this doesn't make any sense. It's toxic. It's poison. It has all these costs. It makes you more stressed. It makes your, it steals your ability to really have joy in your life. Like neurochemically robs you of your ability to feel pleasure. Like, why would anybody do this? So I had this massive mindset shift, which I was devaluing. I come into this situation and I felt almost blindsided by the fact that everybody was just drinking so much. And I'm sitting there like, I just wanted to preach like i just wanted to preach and i probably did a little bit um and the reality is that human beings are a lot like oh gosh how do i explain this best we we have this mechanism inside of us that honestly wants to be contrary like there is a big part of us that wants to be contrary so if you go in strong against somebody somebody's going to come strong against you if you go in pulling against somebody someone's going to pull right back against you so i went into this situation very much saying like do you guys know this do you understand this what's going on here why are you doing this and of course You know a 15-minute conversation over dinner on St. Patrick's Day is not going to make up a mindset shift I had been working for almost a year in my personal journey of research and understanding and knowledge and I know my programs are significantly longer than 15 minutes so it wasn't they weren't having it so all I was doing is pulling and they were pulling back I was pushing and they were pulling pushing back and the thing is when somebody gets into that defensive or offensive mode the contrariness we don't listen anymore we can't hear it i like how my friend stacy says that nobody takes advice that they aren't that they don't ask for and that's the truth if you think about it in your own life and you've said okay well Do you take advice that you don't ask for? Usually we don't. Usually we don't take the advice we don't ask for. Sometimes maybe a little bit will sneak in against our will, but usually we're quite resistant to somebody coming and telling us what to do and why we should do it and dropping a bunch of stuff on us. And I think actually your question shows a level of maturity like you know you understand this. So you're like, okay, well, what can I do? How can I do this? So in my situation, I really had to go and I like to filter my thoughts through How does it make me feel? And how does it make me behave? And this feeling that everybody should know this now, everybody should be on board with what I now know, was making me feel really anxious, really judgmental, really frustrated, upset, full of, of just, I couldn't even enjoy myself. I was no longer at peace. And it was making me behave in a way where I was either shutting people out, not showing up to things, or I was just completely evangelizing and turning people off and they were abandoning me <laughs> and so I laughed because this this point in my life I mean it's lucky that I have any friends left I I really did somebody actually took my husband aside at one of these events and said hey how's it how is it to be married to the anti-alcohol evangelist so just to give you an idea a taste of how much I was preaching against alcohol and how intense that probably was to the people listening who did not have you know the scaffolding or the knowledge or the mindset shift that I had had And so did it work? Absolutely not. It did not work. Not at all. Not even a little bit. And so the question becomes, okay, what does work? And how do you handle this interim time when you have changed, you have had a shift and you are seeing people around you who you know would probably be happier drinking a bit less or nothing. You know it would help, for instance, your daughter's anxiety and depression. You know all of this stuff. How do you reconcile these two things? And so first of all, I think the best way to facilitate change is to really create what I call an atmosphere of change. And that is becoming influencing rather than dictating. So showing up in your life as an influencer. And what that looked like for me when I really got it through my head that what I was trying to do with forcing information on them, you know, being argumentative, coming in hot wasn't working. And then I was like, okay, you know what? I'm just gonna let it go. I'm just going to show up. I'm just going to be me and I would show up and I would have a great time and I would be having fun and I would be enjoying myself and people are noticing like what's different. Well, you really don't drink and then all of a sudden, here's the key, people started to ask. And so I think in this situation and in my situation, the number one goal needs to be relationship. It needs to be your relationship with these people and doing anything you can to protect that relationship because when they're ready to ask about this, it would be great for you to be the person that they ask. And people will ask. Like eventually for almost everybody who drinks heavily, we start to question it. We, even if it's only inside our own head and then we feel safer questioning it with somebody we know has made a change in the past. And so if you can really do have the patience, have the courage to say, you know what, I'm going to be influencing rather than dictating and I'm going to show up and just have a great time. I'm going to be myself, I'm going to put down, you know, the guilt, and I'm going to put down the judgment, guilting them is what I'm trying to say, and put down the judgment, and I'm just going to show up and, and really be this person who's just, you know, demonstrating, and therefore, providing this example, it goes such a long way. Now, I will tell you, it is a patience game. (laughs) And so I would heavily recommend relying on a group of people, whether it's, you know, on a Facebook group, like there's two free Facebook groups. Um, this naked mind and the alcohol experiment are both free Facebook groups, or you know whether you join the path or something like that, where you really are able to show up and vent these things and say gosh it really triggered me here when he was having four beers and i couldn't help counting them and all this stuff because all these thoughts are very natural they will come up but the best way to influence somebody is by having the relationship so that they don't feel judged they don't feel like you're looking over their shoulder they don't feel incriminated they don't feel guilty and therefore you are the person that they end up coming to when they need um, advice and again nobody takes advice that they don't ask for Very, very rare that somebody will take advice that they don't ask for. The flip side of that coin is that when somebody is ready and open and asks for advice, wow, it's like, it can be some of the most mind blowing, most transforming conversations. So how can you really hold this intention for them in your heart, but then outwardly just stay connected, stay, you know, really building that relationship. I would do stuff with my husband because he drank for years after I stopped drinking and I would I would be the one to buy him beer I would be the one to ask what he wanted to drink I would be the one to pour it for him and that's because all the preaching like just it just was completely not working and he literally took me aside he's like I'm gonna drink so you do what you do but I don't want to hear about it and so that was great eventually though he saw what was going on with me and he very naturally moved into a change but like years and so this is a patience game The second question is, like, really, how do you deal with, you know, seeing people you love hurting themselves now that, you know, it's harmful? And I think one of the best beliefs for me that was really helpful was, okay, they just don't know yet. They just haven't seen this yet. They just aren't ready yet. And I always put that yet at the end of like whatever judgment I was going to have, because that said, to my mind okay there's possibility there's hope there's opportunity and my job is to be here be close be in relationship so that when they want to know i'm the one that they're gonna ask and over and over when i switched from being the the judgy preachy intense person to being just the person that showed up did what i did i of course people knew i was very you know open about it but I wasn't going to judge them. I'd buy my husband the beer. I'd do whatever it took to build that relationship first to let him know, I love you, regardless of your behavior. I'm not coming in hot. I'm not going to judge. I'm going to just love on you. When he wanted to talk about it, I was the one he, talk- he talked to. And that happened in relationship over relationship over relationship. And now, you know, six years later, very few of my close friends drink. I mean, most of my close friends don't drink even at all. And the ones that do drink very little. And I can't say that I'm taking credit for that completely or even at all because it's such an individual choice. But I will say that (laughs) I am not preventing it because I do think that again, where I started was when somebody pushes, we push back. When somebody pulls, they pull back. And you see this like with my kids, if I'm like water the lawn, the last thing they want to do is water the lawn because it's like this thing like i want to do it without being told it's just this very human nature and one of the things i like to do and say is let's try to work with the brain instead of against the brain and the brain is open to things when we think it's our own idea we're very closed off to things if we feel like our freedom is being threatened or like we're being judged or like we're being forced to do something and especially if there's any hint that you may love me less And this would not be in your words or even in your feelings but that is what judgment feels like to the person being judged you love me less because of my behavior therefore i'm unworthy of this relationship so if you can do everything possible to double down on like the relationship regardless of the behavior and for me again that belief that i adopted during that time was they just don't know this yet and that yet was so key because it gave me the really desire to carry on so it's they just don't know this yet and guess what It's up to me to be here for when they need me. And so those things really kept me motivated and looking hopeful, looking to the future, looking to a time that, you know, maybe this will change, but you have to hold that loosely. You really do. And you have to do it really without expectation. So just to recap, we really don't see things as they are. We see things as we are and your perspective has changed. And so all of this is so normal, amazing awareness that you're just asking about this. And the best way i know how to influence other people is to be a shining example hold them closely in relationship let them know how much they mean to you regardless of their behavior take the behavior take you know they're they're conjoined right now so take the behavior they're drinking and your love for them separate those things double down on the drinking or on the on the on the love and then B, make it your goal to be really patient so that when they are ready to ask the questions, when they are ready to ask advice, when they are ready to look at their own drinking, which almost everybody will be. And by the way, we are much more likely to when there's somebody in our lives who is not drinking. It opens up the conversation, even subconsciously, internally for us at such a quicker time. You will be that person that they go to. So it was an amazing question. um, And I hope that that really helped. Thanks, guys. If you asked me about the one thing that makes this naked mind so different from anything else, I would have to say emotion. It is the emotion that people feel when they're really ready to make a change, when they've had that mindset shift, when they've gone through all the materials and the methodology, and they get this feeling that it's not that they never get to drink again, it's that they never have to drink again. And interestingly, according to all sorts of new research, it is emotion, especially positive emotion, more than anything else that predicates how long a change will stick, how long it will last. It is emotion. When you feel excited, Excited about the change in your life, when you feel thrilled that you're making this new difference instead of feeling deprived or like you're missing out, everything changes. And it really makes it that this naked mind can stick for the long term. If you want to know more about how to truly change your emotion around drinking, I want you to join me at nakedmindpath.com. It is the path to changing your emotion, changing your feelings, and really finding freedom in your relationship with alcohol. And as always, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast as it truly helps the message reach somebody who might need to hear it today.